Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Another day, another week, and we are back with another episode of The Core Report. Black Broadway presents The Core Report, and you know what time it is over here, gang. We do the news, usually. Today, we got to talk about this shit, man. The news is the news, all right? As a matter of fact, we're in the moment right now where, sadly, this is just a slow news cycle because everything is so chaotic. There's no way to get a handle on the news cycle right now. You cannot get a grip on this shit. You have to process it, especially if you black in America, because this shit has been weighing on us psychically in a real ass way. I'm going to tell you, I went to the fucking weed dispensary today and the chick asked me what I was upset about. I say, bitch, everything. I, I was upset. She's like, yo, you just seem a little down. You know, I hope you have a bitch. Let me get my weed so I can get the fuck out of here, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why I choose not to put the photo do not disturb sometimes, but I do. That's ridiculous. I got to do better. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hold on. What? Hello? 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 Okay. Hello? Six, six. I'm doing the show, though. Let me call you back, B. Hey, fuck your show. Fuck you, nigga. Ah, shit. I'm doing my shit. Let me call you back, B. <laughs> All right. Boom. I'm not even going to restart the show. I'm going to let that slide, man. Love my whole boy to death. I'm going to hit him back. But... At the end of the day, man, like I said, yo, this is a moment where we really just got to speak from the heart. We got to speak frankly about all these things that are going on in America, especially as it relates to us, man, as it relates to our situation, our mental health, man. Like this is this is traumatic all across the board. So um, as I usually do, I start with these headlines. I think it serves us. It serves our purpose to start right at the top. With the Republican National Convention that's been taking place in Charlotte, North Carolina, you see how this rhetoric is actually enacted on people in real life. You see how it goes from Trump saying when the looting starts, the shooting starts, to people actually losing their life in Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when I talk about these things and sometimes people be like, oh, no, that's frivolous. That's bullshit. It's just cap. They just in there lying. It's a lot deeper than that. This is all about the messaging and the psychic space that they want their supporters and this country to be in. The people that are aligned with them are about violence. None of these people come outside on some peaceful protest shit. We're going to get into that later about this whole entire concept of peaceful protesting and what it means to be a peaceful protester in a a war zone. That's called being stupid. But at the end of the day, we'll get back to that. What I'm talking about is the rhetoric right now that's being spewed by the leaders of the Republican Party, but also people that are in charge of major cities. If anybody didn't watch that last night, I, like I said, I watched that shit so y'all don't have to. But one of the main speakers there was Daniel Cameron, who is the DA of Kentucky. Pardon me. He's the attorney general. He is the top cop in the state of Kentucky, where the city of Louisville is located. And this is literally the dude that all the memes are about. Everybody's saying arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. This is the top cop in the state of Kentucky that could do that. What was he doing last night? 
sitting on the Republican National Convention stage telling Joe Biden some shit that we all know, which is that black people aren't a monolith and that we are, I'm entitled to my conservative views, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Again, this is giving white people permission to vote for an avowed racist because somebody stupid and in power says, oh, well, I think this way and, you know, I'm just... I'm independently flexing my muscles of thought. No, fam, you are the attorney general of the state of Kentucky. You didn't get there by being an independent thinking black man. You got there by indulging in groupthink every step of the way. So to see this thing pushed further and to also see it pushed further in by minorities, by children, by the first lady, by a woman. Last night, If you didn't watch it, like I said, I watched this shit so y'all don't have to. Melania's speech was basically the antithesis of this whole party's platform that they've been talking about for this whole convention. Her speech was basically the antithesis of that. She was like, man, I want people to peacefully protest and I'm very pro-immigration. I'm an immigrant myself. All of this, that, and the third. She did not run this by these people. She didn't allow them to say, oh, no, we'll take this out because we want you to be more on that. She came from supposedly the heart. But you know what the heart is for them? Fall in line. Don't make no noise. Stay in peaceful protest. Work together. Work with this race. Work with my racist scumbag husband. And one day we'll do things better. Or maybe it'll just work out for you and your family because, hey, it worked out for mine. This is the messaging. Again, they, it's exclusionary. It's American rugged individualism. It's against canceling, quote unquote. It's against people in the popular segments of society rising up and having anything to say about anything that they're doing. That is the entire crux of the, all of this shit. This is about stopping people from expressing dissent. All right. And what they're doing is justifying it. They're giving you all the little soft touching points that you need in order to justify it. One thing that flew under the radar and all of that, when she cut all these trees down in the White House cherry garden, or pardon me, the um, the Rose Garden, people wonder, wow, why did she do that? Why did they do that? It's such a beautiful place. They did that shit so they could have these crazy camera shots that they had go off without a hitch for this goddamn political stunt that they pulled last night. That's the only reason they did that shit. They got that shit out of there so that they could produce this program on a level that Donald Trump, who is a TV guy at his soul, all right? The the Apprentice was a great production. He's a TV guy in his soul so that he could have what he wanted. If you watch any of those speeches, the way the camera swings and catches the speaker at the podium, this is all meant to program people, to invoke these feelings, to invoke this, this, this fervor, this fucking vitriol that then empowers people to do shit like what we had to witness over the weekend. Jason Blake, seven shots in his back, walking away from officers going towards his vehicle. Of course, the bullshit has hit the fan today. And again, back to the rhetoric, the bullshit has hit the fan to say, yeah, they stunned, they tased him. He didn't respond to the tasing. Now the story is that there was a knife on the floorboard of the vehicle. And allegedly that's the reason that seven shots was fired by one officer. 
One officer let off all seven of these shots, ostensibly the officer closest to him. Now, again, the things that have happened in the wake of all of this are even more disturbing than what happened, if that's possible. Then, thankfully, James Blake is going to live. He's escaping this confrontation with the police with his life but he'll never be able to walk again. He will never be the same. And those three little boys who was in that car when that went down will never be the same. You don't live a normal life after being eight years old and seeing your, your father shot down by the police. You don't live a normal... That's not, that's not a key to normalcy. That's not a recipe for being a well-adjusted human being. So the way that... They've ruined those people's lives on an intimate level. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. The whole narrative that, man, thank you, Jay. The whole narrative that we don't feel pain, that we not humans, that they could just bust off shots and shoot somebody's father in front of them and don't think that that's going to ruin somebody. Like, white kids claim to be ruined for much less. Much less. They didn't get a toy. Their life is fucking ruined. That's why we. That's why they're not adjust, well-adjusted adults. And they can't hold a job. And they got to do cocaine every day. You know what I'm saying? Real shit. Real shit. I've dealt with people who have that very affliction. And I'm telling you, at the end of the day, fam, this is all a part of the psychic programming that we are dealing with right now, man. It's... It, so as I'm watching this coverage, as I'm wa- watching this coverage, as, I, as I'm watching the police talk about not only the incident that happened, you know what I'm saying, yo, the words like, y'all in on that. Like you said, Jake, divorce is enough for white folks. Lord Hill's baby is actually out here putting all the bins in the streets. We already know those privileged kids. Yo, they get mad about not being able to drink all their parents' liquor, drink the White Claws. Exactly. They lose their mind. But while we're talking about the coverage and we're talking about how these messages are spread towards, you know, to our immediate harm and immediate detriment. Yo, I'm watching the coverage. I'm watching the police talk about this. The way that they're talking about the protesters, the people who were out there unarmed, using their voices to express their dissatisfaction with the police department. And you got to know that this is not a one-time incident. This isn't the first black man to be treated unfairly by the Kenosha Police Department or the police in the state of Wisconsin. Milwaukee right down the block. I understand what's going on around there. This is not the affluent part of town and these guys were just holding and protecting the peace and protecting the picket fences. Yo, this whole entire thing, the way they talk about these people who are protesting is the same way they talk about Palestinians in Israel. It's the same language. They say, yo, they were they were throwing rocks and stones and pelting our officers, and we were forced to use tear gas and stun grenades to disperse the mob, and we had to put them down. This was a very dangerous situation. Our officers could have been hurt. You're talking about unarmed protesters. Now, again, in the wake of these incidences, all the truth comes out and hits the fan. The protesters get that energy. This young man who shot four people, I believe it was, two people are dead right now. Two people are dead right now. This young man was literally allowed to walk 
past the police with a gun in sight. With his gun on his body, hands up, walked right past the police, walked right through the whole entire police gauntlet. Imagine, and this is post-shooting, imagine being black and approaching a convoy of police with any kind of weapon strapped to you for any kind of reason. This young man skated, camouflaged right under the, the veil of whiteness and slid actually to the next state. He was in Illinois yesterday when they caught him. More details on this kid. 17 years old. Thank you, Lynette. Aspiring cop. What kind of shit ass, what kind of bullshit ass explanation is that or description of that of somebody who is a murder suspect? I never heard none of my homies or anybody committed of a crime referred to as their aspirational career goals. I never heard nobody talk about my homie who got caught with all the weed and all the drugs that's as an aspiring accountant or as an aspiring stockholder. I never heard that. I never heard that language applied to us in any way, shape, or form. So for the most heinous crimes, it seems to me they go out of their way to provide the most generous, the most, you know, soothing descriptions of the characters who committed these things. Dylan Roof is a prime example. Again, Dylan Roof murdered nine people. Dylan Roof, literally, it was known that he murdered nine people. When he was taken into custody, there were no incidences. There was not even an impulse by the people who took him into custody to rough him up, to, 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 to put some physical harm on him for the in, irreparable physical harm that he had caused to the people whose lives they took, and he took, and their families. There was not even a, 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 a thought to put this man through any discomfort because behind that situation. Meanwhile, in between while, Jason Blake has seven slugs in his back for walking away, for defying what they about. Again, the narrative, fam, is very, very important here. The, the, the thought that we have to comply, like the thought that if we walk away from a police officer and even if we had... A knife, they said he had a knife in the car, even if he had a fucking AR-15 in the car. The fact that he doesn't have a right to walk away from an officer and go back to his vehicle with his children without being held against his will, and that, to some people, is justification enough to take his life, is, is the problem. That's the problem right there. The messaging, okay? The fact that this white boy was outside to kill three people, two people, excuse me, is the problem. Let's go deeper into that. He was outside because he was a part of a large cohort of white men who claimed to be in Kenosha, Wisconsin for the express purpose of protecting property. Not people, property. Protecting businesses in places that they don't live. They don't live in this particular town or in this particular part of town. They are coming down here armed in order to antagonize the situation enough to become a hero. It's hero culture. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. We're not going to allow. We're we not going to have it. Law enforcement is, is dedicated to keeping these particular people under control. That is the language. That's the programming. 
if you're not, if you're watching this Republican National Convention, you see that this is all consistent with their message. What what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, is not in any way, shape, or form an isolated incident or an accident. This is the conditions that we are living in right now. This is what our world is built upon and based upon. White people feeling as though they can do any fucking thing they want. And to be quite honest, the police are the instrument that enforces that belief. They are there to back up that belief, period. KRS-One definitely told us what the officer was. When he talked that shit, when he said that in that bar, and he talked about how the officer came from overseer, he was so accurate and so correct. But people want to just think it's a rap song or people don't really understand the actual research and the actual knowledge and the sense of all of that, that they don't understand how real that is. Officers, slave patrols, overseers are all on the same direct line of dissension. They're all the same organization. And you can, you can take that all the way up to the FBI. You can take that all the way up to the CIA. The top officers, they are all from the tradition of the slave patrols. It's the same fucking tradition. And it's only meant to control and subjugate certain people, whereas it's meant to protect and enforce other people's right to do whatever the fuck they want. Whatever the fuck they want. We are not allowed. I don't give a shit what they say. Open carry this, open carry that. We are not allowed to come outside in large groups armed. Alright? It's gonna be some searches, some seizures, it's gonna be some some license, some gun carry licenses inspected, all of that. Even when it came down to that bullshit, it's great very interesting. I had a conversation with a brother on the street about this earlier this week. Shout out to my man Shaw, man. We ran into each other at Sinbad Natural Foods because that's where the guys go and build, man. I seen my man and I seen a couple of other brothers out there. I forget this brother's name off the top of my head, but we had he asked me specifically, what do I think about the Not Fucking Around Coalition? And I can remember on this show, you know, being praising, praising them in some way, shape, or form just because of the the performative nature of it, just actually out, outright coming outside niggas with guns. But the fact of the matter is, is that unless there is some, some basic cursory level of organization, and not only organization, but a common shared goal and vision, none of that means anything. Because these people, they align with the police idealistically. They have the police's support, not in word, not in even in action above board, but idealistically on a very, very deep core level, they are fucking with that. Black people on a very, very deep core level. What are we fucking with? What are we about? What what do we care about? You know what I'm saying? Deeply passionately you know what i'm saying people talk this revolution shit if it was revolution shit trust me you guys are out here who are you shooting at what are you who who's the target what's the target you can't be a counterpuncher. you don't want to be in, in armed confrontations with militaries in kenosha wisconsin you know why here's the first thing i noticed when protests started the other night why is kenosha wisconsin's police department 
at the ready have riot gear, shields, helmets, shoulder pads, high intensity weapons, tear gas. Why do they have that? I've never heard of Kenosha, Wisconsin in my life. Why do they have a police department that is that highly militarized? What the fuck are they doing with all of that shit? When? When? Who's who's how much drug dealers cribs could you possibly be kicking in? I it's none of this. None of it's realistic. It's a part of a decades-long, decades-long plan, conspiracy arc, if you will, to arm and militarize every police department in the United States of America. In many cases, starting with, beginning with the smallest jurisdictions. In many cases, beginning with places like Kenosha, Wisconsin, Montgomery County, uh, Maryland, you know what I'm saying? Fairfax, Loudoun County, Virginia. You know what I mean? Hey, see if some shit pops off out there. See what level of militarization the police are prepared to. See what level of training they had. When they were moving in this phalanx, it was like a snake. They were very prepared to act out these these dreams. Before I named this episode what I did, I forgot what I named it, but I was going to name it the LARPing episode. Because a lot of y'all, I don't know if y'all know, hey, Cuckoo Collins is from Wisconsin, man. He was one of the original Milwaukee goons. Shout out to Cuckoo Collins and the whole Milwaukee goon set. They was original. But, yo, before, I mean, we were talking about, I was out there and I was looking at what's going on in Wisconsin and what goes on in a lot of um, protests, even to extend that to the Not Fucking Around Coalition. People want to come outside and they want to wear fucking military tactical gear and they want to carry long guns. And they want to wear latex gloves like they're ready to catch bodies and they're ready to do this, that, and the third. The training is zero. The, the training is non-existent. Even among a lot of these militias that a lot of people think that they're a part of and people think that there's some legitimate level of fear to be had at that. The legitimate level of fear is the amount of casualties that are unintended that are going to happen due to these type of situations. I just posted this Claude McKay poem and it talked about dying with dignity. It talked about dying for a cause, dying for a purpose. Fam, if I went to a protest without a strap, surrounded by police that were strapped and white boys that were strapped and I got shot either intentionally or on accident, I would be fucking pissed. I, and who would I be pissed with? Me. The fuck is wrong with me? What am I thinking here? What, what is the point of this level of engagement? Now, organized marches that disrupt commerce, things that disrupt the business of government, even if you are bold enough and you have enough numbers and there's enough organization occupying government place that is essential to them doing business that does harm to us. Those are great actions. Standing outside, yelling at fenced off areas, facing down lines of you know, grunts, rank and file officers who are at at some point in time, they're programmed to view you as an enemy, as an insurgent due to their training. We've talked about this on the show before. They went to Israel and got this training, bro. They learned how to look at every fucking person that's brown, that's coming from the, the other land, that's coming from the, the non-wealthy, non-gentrified parts of this country. 
as the enemy, not just as not just as potential criminals, as the enemy. That's what we are, yo, the enemy. I we not the fucking we not the suspect. We already guilty. It ain't there's no crime that we need to be convicted of because we already committed that shit just by being black, just by being here. So at the end of the day, these people with these guns, with these ideas, they are is this is a grand recipe for unintended tragedy and not only unintended tragedy, pointless tragedy. I saw some of the videotape or whatever that alleges to be this young man who was the shooter getting up off the ground, looking scared as shit, popping the gun off twice. A couple of people who was way too close to a dude who was heavily strapped without any kind of strap themselves. I'm not going to be that close to a nigga with a big gun without I'm not drawing down on him. Yo, before you move anywhere, you hey, you going to follow my instructions. I don't understand the logic that there's no training. There's no, nobody is out there thinking about these things in a very tactical and practical situation other than the larger police organizations. You got to understand the National Guard and all of them, they have been activated. The federal police departments, the federal police who were once in D.C. guarding Black Lives Matter Plaza, yeah, the ones who were un- unidentified with, you know, the uniforms that we don't know where they came from. Yeah, those guys, they've been activated. They've been sent to Wisconsin. Those people have a picture of the overview. There's There are spy planes flying over whatever protest action is happening, relaying accurate information to the ground forces. So they have a plan on how they're going to contain this thing. They're going to contain it. It's no point. They don't want to create martyrs in America. Listen, creating martyrs in America is not what our country is in the business of doing anymore. In the 60s, they created all the martyrs that they could, and ultimately they had to give up a lot of ground due to the fact that so many people have been neutralized that there has to be some legislation passed. There has to be some movement in some direction that's going to appease these people because a lot of blood has been spilled. Now, again, just like we talk about reality TV, this is reality protesting. This is live action role playing. Motherfuckers wake up in the morning, watch Call of Duty and feel like they want to sacrifice themselves to the cause. You know what I'm saying? Cats wake up one day and they read three chapters of a book and they fucking, you know, H-Rap Brown. H-Rap Brown been in jail for 33 years, G. 33 of them joints. Doc Matulu Shakur been in jail for 40 years. Mumia Abu-Jamal been in jail for 40 years. Delaware Africa did 42 of them joints. George, George Jackson is dead. Fam, you have to think about these actions that you want to take and how you want to take them. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the chaos that is going to ensue from poorly planned actions being taken is going to lead to unintentional death and unintended results. If you haven't been paying attention to the worldwide protest movement in Belarus, you know, my favorite international uh, rabble rousing spot, Lutashenko is going crazy where he is arresting the leaders. Fuck the bullshit. Like, they don't even have time to play these semantic games that we tend to play in America where 
they try to villainize people. Like I said, they don't martyr people anymore. They character assassinate you. They neutralize your organization. They put molds inside your organization to basically render them ineffective or they just co-op your whole movement like Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? All of these things have been co-opted so that there can't be no real organization. So that when things like this thing in Kenosha happen, the only people that are able to effectively organize and pull something together are the local yokels. And you got to ask yourself, why is this shit popping off like this in Kenosha, Wisconsin, fucking um, Minneapolis? You know what I'm saying? Not to say that these are the smallest towns, but yo, these ain't this ain't DC. That ain't New York. That ain't Detroit. You know what I mean? Like the energy and the way that they're expanding the control that they're pressure, pl- applying to people is very worthy of your attention. It's very worthy of your attention. The news exists to educate you about current events, but the only problem with that and the way that the mainstream media practices it is that they don't give you any context. There is no context. All you think about, oh, another black man killed. Oh, another riot. Oh, another this, another that. As if it's just, they just appear out of a vacuum. Nobody analyzes the historical context that all of these events have occurred in. Nobody thinks about the events that led up to the event that led up to the event. And then the after effects, the aftershocks of it. If you were a geologist, if you studied the earth, you don't just study the fucking earthquake. You study the aftershocks and then you go into the ground and you find where the fault is. You find the root cause of this shit. If you study animals and plants, you don't just look at the outward disease, you go deep inside. You have to find out what the root cause of this shit is. If I'm reporting the news, it's a disservice to just come on here and say, oh, such and such got shot. Oh, such and such had a riot. Fuck out of here. Yo, this is why this is happening. This is what happened. And this, and, and not only that, let's put it in the context of current events. These are the, the recent events that have led up to this current moment in history right now. Man, here's a current moment in history for all my homies who, you know, like me, have been keeping one slight eye on the um, on, on the NBA. The NBA has decided they're going to cancel all games today. Oh, they're going to, the, the players strike, broke boycott. I make nigga, fuck that. Kyrie Urban told y'all three months ago, or however long ago, don't even fucking play. Because this is bound to happen. These guys went and negotiated a contract. They went and gave up all the leverage that they had due to this very specific moment in history and due to the overwhelming blackness of the NBA, one, and two, the very generous split that the players and the owners have going on in the NBA's collective bargain agreement. The players of the NBA, one of, the, one of this country's major sports leagues, literally had the game by the nuts. They could have done whatever they wanted to do. And Kyrie Irving said, let's run it up in the name of our people. Let's do it. Let's hold these people accountable all year long. We're not going to play. Let's make sure that they do what they said they were going to do and follow through. Kyrie Irving said that shit months ago. Nobody listened. So here we are right now, and they're canceling games in the middle of the playoffs. Game five, first round of the playoffs. LeBron says he's sick of it. Root cause analysis. Fam, we talked about this several months ago. 
The NBA is a trash organization. The 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 establishment of capitalism in the benefit of solely the owners and looking at the players as talent or as labor who is only there to negotiate something to keep their employment alive. Not to say that they have any leverage in this conversation. Yo, they fucked that up majorly. And now we're sitting here looking at the NBA canceling games. Charles Barkley's on TNN talking about, I don't know what they're going to do. I just want to see what the extended game plan is. Nigga, Kyrie told you the extended game plan months ago. Stop entertaining these motherfuckers. Stop entertaining these people, yo. That's the whole, that, our contribution to their society is entertainment. Their contribution to our society is indoctrination. All they contribute to us is instructions. They contribute to us like societal norms. They impose on us religious norms. They impose on us dress norms. We got to dress respectability, respectability politics, uh, language norms. African-American vernacular English is not proper English. You know what I'm saying? Business norms. The way that we choose to rock entrepreneurially or the way that we use choose to work communally is not business. That's not real. That's all they have for us is criticism. But all we supposed to have for them is joy. All we supposed to have for them is joy. We just supposed to make y'all happy every day. That's why when I do the news, man, fuck y'all. I'm not here to do the news to make niggas smile. I don't give a shit about any of the feel-good stories. I really don't. You know what I'm saying? Because I know where I'm living. I'm living in a country that is inherently corrupt, B. I make myself feel good. I can't. Society can't make me feel good. They can't put nothing on TV. Nobody can win a championship that's going to make me feel crazy good. I take that back. If the Skins ever won a Super Bowl, I would lose my fucking mind. But I don't give a shit about the NFL at this point in my life. But at the end of the day, what I'm telling you is I don't derive my joy from what society puts out here for me. I derive my joy from from myself, from my family, from my people. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, all they want us to do is provide them the joy. Provide you the hip-hop, the jazz, the blues, the country, the basketball, the football. What do we get? Doc Rivers on TV crying, talking about... We love a country that don't love us back. Nigga, that's Stockholm Syndrome. I don't love this fucking place. I don't love this place. I don't love this country, B. So much stuff has happened in this country for me to love this joint. I'm not here to coon for this country in any way, shape, or form. I'm here specifically to beat this country out of whatever they got. Whatever they got over here that I can get some of and I can beat them out of it, I want it. And I want my family and I want my people who are with me to experience and enjoy the spoils of that. I want us all to enjoy looting this system that had literally been built on the backs of our ancestors who didn't get to enjoy none of this shit. To be honest, black people should be having the most fucking fun in America out of anybody. This shit, we deserve to have a, a, a couple of free semesters. Like, yo, look, we put in the early work. Y'all take it over from here. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the science. And a, a lot of people aren't realizing that this whole entire country is built and established to keep the wheels of, uh, of capitalism and keep the wheels of gaining turning. So it doesn't really matter. None of these events matter until they start to affect 
capital in a very in a very heavy way. Not just in a small way. Look, boycotts is boycotts. I right? like shout out to Dr. Jared Ball, man, in his book, The Myth of Black Buying Power. You know what I'm saying? That's a very serious book full of very serious bars. Because when you start talking about us trying to throw our weight around economically, fam, we are a part of this system indelibly. And we, we are inexorably tied to this shit. So it's no, we're not going to buy our way out of this. You know what I mean? Our labor, our physical presence is a product. Look, if I become an outlaw and I become a criminal, I could be potentially more valuable to the state. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. Yo, he was somebody who, you know, was running a business that was profitable and he was beating us on a couple of tax laws. Now he's an inmate. We pay, we pay this, that, and the third. We get paid this, that, and the third for his presence in the private prison. And while he's in the private prison, he's producing products that we all benefit from. Our businesses, our business partners are happy. Listen, we are assets. We are assets in this country. Never been liabilities. Never been liabilities. We are the asset. We are the asset of this country. African-Americans, it's not cotton. It's not sugar. It's not gold. It's none of that shit. It's not oil. It's black people. We are America's number one asset and always have fucking been. Because what's our number one export right now? Culture. Who creates culture over here? Us. This shit wouldn't be nothing if it wasn't for... What's the number one music in the world? Hip-hop. What's the number one sports league in the world? The NFL. Who, who's the majority of the NFL? Us. Us. I And not having a firm grasp on our worth is what motivates some of us to go outside and yell that our lives matter. Yo, I'm sweating crazy, right? Yo, because I'm, I'm intensely serious about this. Not having a full, and my lights be hot as shit, <laughs> but not having a full concept of how that works is what causes us to go outside and say inane phrases like Black Lives Matter. I, I'm sure, I'm certain my life matters. I didn't need, ever needed them to validate that. Now, would I like them to acknowledge it? Yes, but in this country, I know how they acknowledge my life mattering, and it's not in a spiritual sense. It is in a capital sense. They are very aware that my life matters when it comes to incarcerated. Good God, man. I'm sorry. My wife just threw a towel at me. <laughs> my wife just threw a towel at me and knocked her camera over, but that's hilarious. But, yo, the point being that this carceral state that we live in right now, this carceral state that we live in right now, is built on... <laughs> Yo, she threw the whole time at me, knocked my tripod over. It was funny. Yo, that's why I'm glad I'm going to my new platform. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. We getting there. But the point... <laughs> I love it. But the point is, gang, like, I I'm talking about the fact that we are so much more valuable. We're so valuable, yo. And, you know, when, when they show us shit like this, when we see things like George Floyd's killing, when we see things like Jason Blake's shooting, when we have to go down the countless list and names of say their names and da-da-da-da, what that does is that psychically damages us, man. I'm sorry, yo. I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again, man. Protesting is is protesting. Protesting is, is not 
doing organizing a march and coming outside and you know peacefully abiding by curfews etc etc that's not protesting that's marching that's organizing that's public speaking that's great but at the end of the day that's not protesting protest and the level of political activity that we like to see i hate to say this y'all that involves a forceful taking of the space a forceful hijacking of the conversation we are never nobody needs to see another video like you said, Ronnie, man, y'all, that's fucking trauma porn. That's Nobody needs to see any more trauma porn. I'm, I'm appalled at the fact that CNN is still showing this shit. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, yo, I've had a tough day, man. I don't need to come home and see this guy getting about to be basically almost murdered, walking into his car, and then with the knowledge that it's three young children in there. Yo, that's, that's, that bothers me, fam. That hurts me. I'm not going to hold you. And that's not progressive. That's not helping me. I would hope that if you could turn on your TV and hear somebody talking spicy like this on a daily basis, if you could hear this type of discourse and combined with information, combined with motherfucking strategies, combined with resources, that's the goal to bring you all the resources to really hype yourself up and heighten your awareness because this all starts up here first. Like, if again, I talk about the training. Yo, cats are going outside with guns actively. That's a real thing in the United States of America right now. White people feel as though they have enough guns and they have enough support by the law enforcement that they can brazenly display their guns with the intent, with the with the vocalized intent of using them on somebody of color. That's understood. White people don't buy guns to shoot white people. They niggas buy guns to kill niggas. Ain't that, I always thought that was stupid. Yo, man, you get a gun, and, and you can't lie, we all lived it. You get a gun, the first thing you say, I wish a nigga would. I wish a nigga would. You know what I'm saying? And then white folks, they get guns, and they literally, as soon as they get the gun, the first thing they do is buy a Target with a picture of a black dude holding a gun to somebody's head or a Muslim dude with a turban on pointing the gun at you and shoot the living shit out of that joint. Because that's what they're preparing to do. That's what they practicing to do. You know what I mean? So what are we practicing to do? What are we training for? What are we preparing ourselves for? And the, hey, hey Roddy, and they also say, I wish a nigga would too. That's facts. They say that too. They show with the hardest of ERs. They say that too. But what are we prepping for? What's a, who do we wish would? You know what I'm saying? What's what's our plan? Like, there's there's rhetoric. Again, back to the RNC. The couple that was in St. Louis that was pointing the guns at the protesters for just walking by. They These people weren't armed at all again. They were just walking by. They didn't have any rocks or there was nothing even thrown. AR-15 and a, some some form of 380 that was out there in that, in that lady's hand. Bro, they are prepared for that brand of action. What brand of action are we preparing for? I don't want to have another march. Yo, look, March on Washington is happening this weekend in D.C. Al Sharpton and the NAN, they doing it. It's going to be here in town. I've been tapped. That's what's going on tomorrow at Eaton, uh, Eaton Hotel. I'm going to be doing this show, and we're going to be, 
you know, kind of tapping in on that theme. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing the news. You know how I do it. But we're going to tap on that theme a little bit because that's something that they want to touch on. And I believe there's going to be some people in the house that may or may not be able to speak to that. We'll see how it works out. But, dog, I'm not with that shit. I'm not with it. And I don't have any problem saying that. Yo, I'm not interested in yelling. I'm not interested in vocalizing any more. Organizing is the key. And organizing does not have to involve violence. The only violence that should be involved in our organizing is violence that's perpetrated against people that try to fucking stop us. You try to stop me from organizing, we're going to have a problem. If you try to stop us from putting a coalition together, if there are any moves, if there are any moles, any informants, if there are any, any, any people that are working against our collective goal, which is liberation, unification, if there's any dissension in that, that's who we fight. That's the enemy. That's why Kyrie Irving... I felt so bad for him with the whole NBA thing because, yo, you got to fight your brothers. He's fighting the hardest battle that there is, solidarity. All, he knew we had the game by the butt. He knew all we had to do was be smart, and we could have fucking changed a thing or two tangibly in that situation instead of doing what's happening now, which is reacting, reactively doing something to who knows a lot of people's detriment to be quite honest because look Kyrie said it when the negotiation was going on it's only like 30 of us getting money anyway and I'm one of them so let's stop the bullshit you know what I mean like all these other guys they're playing because they need a check just like everybody else just like these bum ass barbers in the bubble just like anybody else that's trying to participate in this whole entire thing people need money this shit ain't for love this shit ain't for the love of the game you know what I'm saying? They didn't set up a whole goddamn bubble with virtual fans and all of that shit because they love basketball so much. People needed to get paid. They're, this is ridiculous. Like, what are people going to do when it comes down to understanding that reactiveness is not the, the it's not, it doesn't look good on us. It's not, a, it's not our space. You know what I'm saying? Being reactionary has only brought us pain in this country, yo. We've seen what this country is about. They showed us that shit 400 years ago. They showed us that shit in 1619, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, we have to be smarter. We have to do better. We have to realize, like, who the enemy actually is. The enemy isn't even that 17-year-old kid who was out there with that big, long-ass gun. You gotta understand, that kid's soft. That kid's pussy. And here's the thing about soft motherfuckers. They'll shoot you quicker than a gangster will. They, I saw that video, and the way he got up off the ground, that was pure fear, pure terror, pure terror. He's horrified. And you know that if he's called upon to be accountable for his actions, he ever has to go to jail or anything like that, he's not built for that. He's not constructed for that. You know what I'm saying? This isn't Matulu Shakur. These are real freedom fighters, yo, and, and our real freedom fighters who are doing 30 and 40 years, H-Rap, Brown, brothers like that who are still locked up, they not locked up for doing nothing violent. They locked up for this. They went to jail for this. Like, yo, I consider all those brothers my predecessors, my forefathers, my ancestors, along with my own father. Because, yo, back in the day, if I was talking this kind of shit, I'm done. They's going to cook me. It's going to cook me. It wasn't an internet where I could just sit out and just say this. 
I go around, we organize. We get around each other. And when we get around each other and we start talking this kind of shit, you know what happens? Oh, farmer's market's open. Com- communal houses open. We start giving breakfast out to little kids before school. Oh, shit. We got a 10-point program all of a sudden. Oh, shit. We got morals. And we know how to treat our women and our children. And we know how to protect our community. Mm. These are all things that are detrimental to the American mission as it stands currently. That's what they don't want us to be about. So at the end of the day, all the reactive shit that we're doing right now, all this violent shit that people are contemplating, all of this post-haste boycotting that people are doing right now. I mean, it's cool. It looks great now, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But yo, organizing to make preemptive strikes is the shit that I'm talking about. That's the shit I'm on. And that's the shit that makes you dangerous. Because again, as I started this show saying, This whole thing begins with messaging. They have been sending messages for years, for at least the last four years that have allowed what happened in Kenosha to happen. That didn't that was not an isolated incident. That was almost forecasted by the president. It was almost forecasted. And when they talk about sending federal troops into this jurisdiction to get a control over the the space, they are not talking about controlling those white men who are allegedly guarding buildings with these long guns. That's not what's being discussed here. We already seen the evidence in video, in writing, in person, in the bubble, in real life. We've seen it all over the place. How much, what else is it going to take, y'all? What else is it going to take? Organize, organize, organize. That's all it's about. You can't keep seeing these these incidents and you can't keep reacting to the stimuli. It's going to hurt you. You know what I'm saying? It's going to fuck you up. And what? We in the middle of a pandemic. Don't let me forget. Don't don't let me forget. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. 1,200 people still die every day from a respiratory disease. That should be preventable, to be quite honest. We should be able to handle this. If you live in your life as in the way that I aspire to live my life, which is with plenty of ginger and echinacea and and some occasional elderberry and a little bit of essential herbs, a vitamin on on a regular basis, you should be pretty okay. But at the end of the day, that's not what they're telling us. They're telling us to be afraid, be very afraid. You know what I mean? We got an election coming up. Be afraid, be very afraid. Don't, you know, you don't know how this is going to work out. The Democrats and the Republicans, they selling us fear. And we are in the least position to be afraid. We cannot afford to be afraid right now, gang. We can't afford to be scared, yo. So that's why I come out here every day and I try to do the news. I just give you all this information because I want it to embolden you to know that action is happening every day. It's action. We live in a world of action. We bout that action, boss. It's action every fucking day over here somewhere. All right? And if you're not a part of that action, then you just are going to ultimately be a victim of it. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, Rita, what you say? Fear is the virus. Ain't that the truth? Fear, if, if there was anything that was a viral infection that needed to be cured was fear. And it's it's spreading like wildfire. It's highly infectious. It's highly contagious. Everybody's scared. And when they get scared, then they transfer their fear over to us because 
their irrational fear of us, quote unquote, invading the suburbs and taking over their they, they've been using this phrase a lot during this week of the convention attacks on Western civilization. Their irrational fears of these grandiose collapses of society are leading to our very rational fears of them doing something fucking stupid when they see one of us. You know what I mean? Yo, it's real shit. When they see us, their irrational fears that are built of all these fantasies or all these lies, all these sandcastles, they lead them to do real shit like pull real guns. Fuck, fuck the guns. Let's even take it deeper than that. Me and my wife, we always talk about this. We be riding through the streets, riding through these nice neighborhoods. And, you know, seems like a nice neighborhood full of really nice white people. They got all these Black Lives Matter signs up in their front yard and shit. Hey, look, if Black Lives Matter so much, then let us move our Black Lives up in here. How about that? Make it more accessible for me to have my Black life right next to your white life or whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? Show me that. Because if these Black Lives Matter, right, let, let me live where you live, where y'all got mad trees and mad parks and shit around your crib. I want to live like that. That's how I want my life to matter. That's how you can show me my life matters. You know what I'm saying? Show me that my life matters by pushing me out of places where it's obvious that people who live there, lives don't matter. Like I told y'all yesterday, there are literally, the ghettos of America are literally hotter than the suburbs. Sometimes up to 12 degrees. They did a study of over 100 cities. This is not like just some shit maybe in the South or maybe in, you know, 100 cities. This is real life shit. This is real life shit, y'all. And, and again, all we can do is react. All we do is react. You know what I mean? Because we live in a country where, to be quite honest, it's just not set up for us to do anything other. And, and that's the reality. I don't, I don't want to sell y'all a dream. Hey, yo, fam, I'm so serious, Jay. You need to read this article. It is in the New York Times. They did a study of over 100 cities. The block is literally fucking hot. The, the block is literally hot, my nigga. This shit's crazy. I'm sitting here like, yo, when are we going to start? organizing and putting us where we supposed to be you know where do you where do you want to be as opposed to where you feel like you can fit in you know what i'm saying Pac used to say that shit man real niggas do what they want bitch niggas do what they can you know what i'm saying i mean hey what you gonna do who you gonna do who you gonna be we have a lot of energy this country has a lot of energy towards suppressing us real life it's in the new york times it's in the new york times Yo, it's in the New York Times. It's a New York Times article. I believe it came out over the weekend. I'll see, I'll see if I can post a link to it in my Instagram after the uh, show is over so y'all can read that. Yo, it's absolutely nuts. Like, when are we going to look at the things that have been proactively done to us and decide that instead of reacting to those things, you have to understand, it would take us 400 years Another 400 years to react to all the bullshit that's happened to us over the past 400 years. It'll take us a whole another 400 years to react to every movement of racism slash slavery slash Jim Crow slash voter discrimination that has happened to us over the course of our history in this country. Not saying disregard that. Being a student of history requires you to study history and ask questions, ask questions that will lead you to better outcomes in the future. 
History is not so different from science. A lot of people think those are two different classes in school because it's like one got numbers and the other got big, heavy books and shit. No. History is the results of the equations that cultural mixing, war, famine, etc., etc., has produced. It's just like how salt is sodium and calcium mixed together. You know what I'm saying? America is racism and white nationalism, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, whatever. Or, you know what I'm saying? What I'm talking about is the the equations, the elements that it took to create the countries, the world, the geopolitical landscape as we know it. That's what history is, just like science, just like you study the elements that it took to build, you know, to make nuclear energy happen, to make, you know, carbon happen, whatever, to make building blocks of life happen. Same way you study that shit, you study events, and that shows you what they built. It shows you what they built. Yo, I told you I got this book last night from Mr. Augie, man. Getty. Yo crazy because it showed you what they built this man built something you know what i'm saying you gotta ask yourself how did he build it you know what i mean how did he build it yo we scientists yo ron we scholars man look I, i'm i'm on my real scholarship man I'm, I'm here to be a scholar i'm look i'm almost 40 bro i got two beautiful kids who i love to death a beautiful wife who i love to death and i am so interested in coming home and seeing them every night and fostering everybody's growth and development. I don't have time to go out here and throw rocks at police and shit. You know what I'm saying? I know what's going to happen if they come my way, though. And that's the whole entire energy that I'm keeping. That's the energy that I'm keeping. And that's the energy we all should keep, man. I love all of y'all. B, man. I love you, man. Shout out to my man B. Ev out in the Midwest holding it down, man. You know what the, man, you know what the energy is over here, y'all. Y'all know what the energy is over here, man. For real, I really appreciate y'all every night for tuning in. I ain't even had no script tonight. You know, usually I have my, my stories and shit, man. But, you know, I ain't had that shit tonight, man. This is, we just got to talk about how we have to even view this thing, man. Because I don't want to just be pissing into the wind. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm doing the news, but I'm not Anderson Cooper. I don't do the news for a living yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing this to educate my people so y'all know a little bit more than you knew yesterday. And if I can add a little bit of spice on that and make you, you know, maybe read another article or a book or something like that. Oh, shit. Bonus time. You know what I'm saying? We it. Sick, man. That's all we do it for, man. I'm going to tell you. 50, 50 seconds left. Yo, whole show. Whole show down and done, man. Oh, they're about to reconnect me? Oh, hold on. Okay. Oh, they ended me. Oh. Oh. That's it. Hey, baby, they cut me off. I can't even get that joy back. Damn. That's it, baby. Damn. Things work out the best for the way that they, for those that make the best of the way that things work out. Things work out the best for those that make the best of the way things work out. It cut me off, y'all. That was a good one. But hopefully y'all listen to this one on the audio side of things. Remember, I love the gang, man. Hey, yo, this is what we're here for, the education. We out of here. Peace.